Hello and welcome back to the Trucking Driver Podcast. A very happy new year to you all. We've been on a little bit of a break, but we're back in style for 2023. Who am I with today? You're with Paul O'Callaghan. Live from, from, where in the world are you? From Spain. From Spain. I'm in a place called Lerida. It's spelt L-L-E-I-D-A, but everybody says Lerida. How that works, I don't know, but basically Lerida is in the northeast of Spain, and it's in the region of uh, Catalonia. How long have you been out so, for? So I left Friday. I started on Friday morning, and started loading Friday morning, and I shipped out Friday night from Rosslare to Cherbourg, and then that was Saturday, was New Year's Eve. Got off the boat New Year's Eve, and um, I did a delivery, one delivery in, in the north of France, New Year's Eve, which I didn't, it was kind of a little bit touch and go whether or not I was going to get. It was a pretty big transport company who were handling some of the pallets, you know, for onward delivery to a kind of a far-flung place out in Brittany. But anyway, uh, got in there. There was just only one one person there, big big warehouse, but um, big transport company. And uh, he just let me work away. And I unloaded the pallets, left the CMR there. And that's just, just efficiency. Otherwise, I would have had to wait. Like, this is Saturday. This is Saturday night. Otherwise, I would have had to wait until... Sunday when they reopened again Sunday afternoon so that was that was kind of the that was really the 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 making of the of the trip so that was um that was Saturday evening there in in Rennes you know, it was maybe three hours off the boat and then I went from there down to La Rochelle I don't know if you know where you might know where La Rochelle is Dougie mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. on the basically on the on the coast a lot of fish and seafood products go in there so um, I got there pretty late in the night and I, same thing again in, the next morning I had a couple of drops there and all these places this is New Year's Day and there, there's nobody around but they have little keys left out and there's all these little little tricks and doors uh, knowing how to open doors and just go in and unload yourself leave the CMR there's no signing paperwork it's all kind of done on trust which is which is quite nice yeah New Year's Day then I just uh, drove kind of drove down I had another one down there um, kind of a long way down about 7 or 8 maybe 8 hours south that was in in Montpellier so down I'm down then in the kind of in the in the southeast you know I went from the northwest of France down to the southeast so that was uh, I got that one off this morning they were open pretty early this morning and then the last one was in uh, down in Spain down the coast down past Barcelona past Tarragona and, and right down there's a little small little bit of a kind of peninsula there it's uh, like a delta where the river uh, Ebro the, one of the probably the biggest river in Spain or the best known river flows out into the sea so I got the, they were waiting for me I got there uh, this afternoon got it off so that was all whatever it was for five five drops done and I'm now back up at Lerida waiting to load in the morning so what what you're loading what you're loading back is that going once you're loaded are you going back to Ireland uh, going back to Ireland yeah um, I, I Pretty sure it's uh, it's frozen. I think it might be like frozen orange juice or some frozen fruit related product. Anyway, so um, that'll be you know from here you're talking maybe two 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 hours or sorry I mean two cards up to up to the port in Sherbrook. So out direct, indirect, and um, the it's a bit of a contrast from. So normally I go out over Christmas. The last few years I've been out over Christmas, and that was the plan again this year do do a Christmas trip. But actually the the load is ready a bit early, so. They wanted it down in Italy for you know the Wednesday before Christmas, so it meant that I actually went out through, went out through England. So I was out uh, Rosslare, Fishguard, all the way across, kind of through the night, um, you know M4, and 
down around the bottom side of London and uh, down, that, down along that lovely M20, which is a joyful place to drive now, given that oh. half it's been turned turned into a, a, what would you call it, a car park or an operation yeah, stack type. Yeah, I was down there myself um, a couple of yeah. weeks ago. How did you get on with the Brexit stuff and that? Were you transiting <laughs> through? Did you get stuck? <laughs> Sounds ominous. Oh, man. Yeah, well, I got on all right, yeah. Um, just kind of got onto the... Yeah, you know, you know, so basically you scan your, so you're on a, you're on a T2 for transit, you know, T1 for delivery, T2 for transit. So once you get to the train, you scan the barcode and there was another thing as well, a GMR, you scan all those anyway, that was grand, I was on the train and then um, when you're sitting on the train and there's a screen and it has all the registrations of the trucks that are on the train, it should be a little green man giving you the thumbs up or a little man with a customs hat on saying you have to go to this CVEP, which I've often heard about. So yeah, I had, I had to go there anyway. And uh, I was probably there for about ten or fifteen minutes, maybe maybe a little bit longer. This is in this is at the terminal in uh, in Calais, Cockells, the Eurotunnel terminal, and um, there was I seemed a bit kind of higgly piggly, a bit harem scarum. They were handing me back the paperwork, and um, apparently then I had to go to Boulogne for another inspection because it's seafood, you know. All right. And actually, back lo- I took a load back in to England as well, so I had to go and do. You, I don't know if you, um, I'm trying to think of the exact name for this. Um, is it the Inland Border Facility? That was in yeah, Ashford. That, yeah, that sounds right. Yep, that's the Ashford yeah. truck stop or the old truck stop anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I'd never been in there, Dougie. And uh, so basically where I loaded. Uh, so I'd actually, I'll just tell you an interesting story before I before I go on to that. Are you aware of a guy called, a man called Captain Slow? Not the who drives a truck. He was driving the truck for White's Transport. <laughs> Now he's driving for Broughton's. Uh, I have heard of the name. I used to hear it banded about. I don't know who the guy is or anything like that, but yes. Brian Kingsbury. So I don't know if he'll be listening. He seems to be a very, very well-known man anyway. But uh, where I was, we were loading down in um, Ravenna. So basically, spring onions had come off of a ship. Container loads of spring onions had come off a ship from Egypt. And then these containers have to be offloaded from the ship and you know taken out on trailers and then... Container stackers have to, forklifts have to take the containers off and then there's forklifts have to transship the loads. So basically that's where, that's where I met Brian. And uh, he was, uh, he was kind of filling me in a bit and he seems to be, have become a bit of a Facebook star at the moment, uh, going back from his days with, with White's Transport. It was Pete White set up the Facebook page for him. So Brian is 72 years of age and I said, how did you, how did you go with Facebook? He said he wouldn't have had a clue when he, Pete set it up for him. So it was quite interesting I met him the next day up at the Mont Blanc tunnel and as we were standing there just you know you have to wait for the escort to mm-hmm. take you through the tunnel there was a guy came over an Italian guy came over and said uh, you're, you're Captain Slow and he had already <laughs> been te- he had already been telling me how he gets recognised everywhere he's going and he wasn't you know he wasn't bragging and this guy came over and says oh you're uh, and he had seen a post from the previous night you know on Facebook that Brian had put something up he was you know he was along with me and he says you're the you're right the whatever Irish and English so he just said to me see do you see what I mean there's, there's uh, he's lots of getting lots of attention so top man anyway Brian he's been on the continent for a long time did 20 years with, with Ralph Davies and um, when I knew he wasn't I knew he wasn't a bullshitter when he, he didn't he was able to mention the word Ralph Davies and not also mention the word Kazakhstan because I've probably if I had a if I had a penny for all the guys I met uh, who claimed to have driven for Ralph Davies and claimed to have done Kazakhstan over the years 
I'd probably have a nice pocket full of change at this stage. But, uh, no, to to his credit, he, uh, he he said he no, he was he was never there. So no, it's just nice to meet you know every now and then meet guys like that that are on similar wavelength and just tell the truth. And, and um, uh, so he was driving a five driving a five hundred S tag axle for Broughtons. He had uh-huh. been driving one of the, one of the blue Volvo five forties for um, White's Transport. He, pretty happy in that in that Scania so just give him a give him a say hello to him there if he's if he's listening there'll be definitely a lot of people that will know him anyway Good but stuff, just right? going back yeah just going back to it um he was he was loading so even though we loaded in the same place like there was uh he was loading for somewhere up in the uh, west midlands and he was turning like for i think for runji so he was going to be out for 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 christmas uh so basically anyway i got to that inland border facility thing uh, geez, that was an eye opener. I had to tell you that now. Going in there, that really right. was an eye opener. Uh, yeah, an eye opener in terms of just the scale of the size of the site. I don't know. I'm not. I wouldn't be great at working out, but like, I, I, you know, I, I'd probably just be taking a stab in the dark at you know a hundred acre site or you know something to that effect. Just tarmacked, um, loads of people in high vis jackets there. You know, directing you, telling you what to do. A lot of people standing around. You go into a room with your paperwork. So basically, I was, I had to finish off my paperwork there. So the customs procedures. It was started. It was opened in Ravenna, and then it had to be finished in uh, you know in Italy. It had to be finished there anyway. Yeah, uh, what a you know. Even you go into an office there. There's just I could have taken my pick of maybe twenty different windows. Just people just sitting there, kind of twiddling their thumbs, and um, you know, you hand them your paperwork. You give them your phone number and then probably about an hour and a half later I got a text to say yeah you're all good but uh, you know the thing that struck me there was um, I didn't I he- I don't think I heard an English accent in the whole in the whole place and seemed to be a lot of kind of uh, people with kind of a, you know that Central Asian Central Asian kind of look about them so I asked one man the guy where he was from and he said he was from Nepal so right, it's just kind right. of it just <laughs> yeah it was interesting and uh, you know there was a lot of people like that you know that y- you can always tell someone is you know Indian or Chinese or you know we're, we're probably a bit similar looking to Eastern Europeans sometimes it's a little bit hard to tell but um, c- certainly there was a lot of Central Asians so anyway that was that was it like it was probably an hour and a half there um, just more time wasted absolutely needless uh, <laughs> needless nonsense that's you know brought about by this whole Brexit thing and then I uh, had a delivery then around Rochester there in Maidstone so that was actually a day early they were they weren't expecting uh, just kind of to see me. Well, they had been notified, but anyway, they were trying to. They were okay. They were trying to clear space. I was there for a few more hours, and anyway, it was okay. It was got it, got it done, but um, not something I'd want to be making a habit of. Anyway, that's that's for sure, Dougie. It just seems like a very inefficient way of just getting goods from from A to B with a, unnecessary layers of of uh, bureaucracy. So there must be an easier way around it. Like there's probably no doubt money and politics involved with it, which will be jamming up the whole process, you know? Well, uh, there's some, sometimes you hear, I don't know if the customs union. So basically, you know, that whole thing with Brexit at that time was, you know, let's cut all ties and leave the customs union. Like there are some countries that are, that are not in the EU, but they're, yeah. but they're in the customs union. So yeah, you think um, that was going to be 
Oh, it was a total mess because at one point Theresa May had Absolutely. a deal on the table which would have kept us in the customs <laughs> union and it got voted down. No, no, it's no. just a it's just a complete yes, it just yes. ended up as like a complete mess. There are definitely better ways to do things so we can be better integrated with what's going on with the EU without actually being a part of it. But you know, I mean the the government's changed like three times between Johnston, between Trust That's and nice. then moving on to Sunak now as well. And who knows how yeah. long he'll be there and you know that's right it's yeah it's just a, a a right old mess people will be filling their pockets through all this inefficiency and everything it's probably costing the taxpayer a fortune they, well it just now that you say that that's what, what struck me was just the cost of that inland border facility just first of all the construction of it um the the, the wages just the mm. you know it seemed like but anyway that was uh that was look um that was my experience there. So thankfully, this trip now, I'll be, it was just off the boat, go and do your deliveries, no messing with paperwork or customs agent and just, just the way it should be really. And uh, I'll be, I'll be heading back for Ireland as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. So, now, I was going to ask as well, because you sent me a picture because you'd met somebody else, uh, another um, well-known driver. Uh, you'd met Murray Grant. Uh, in oh, Spain, yeah. I believe. Yeah, you sent me a picture. I, I think I was actually away at the same time. Uh, not in a truck, I might add, but that was back on uh, 13th of December. I just looked it up. You met Murray at a roadhouse in Spain. Of course, Murray's, uh, he drives for Grampian Continental and he he's submitted some articles to Truck and Driver in the past as well. Uh, a very, very experienced driver um, who has been, I mean, he's been to Africa and all sorts, you know, there's very little that he hasn't done. But so that was nice. That you, you sent me a picture of you sitting with him. How did that come That's about? Right. You just were you just literally parked up in the same place and saw a familiar face. Completely random. I was on the A23, so uh, I was driving between uh, Castellon and Bilbao. I was going to get a, a ferry up from Bilbao, so it's quite a nice road. Some really nice truck stops on it, and that one I'd passed a couple of times, and I hadn't really. So I, I basically I was parked up for the night, plenty of time, and I saw an Essex truck pulling in. And I had known that Murray was, you know, writing for the magazine, and uh, like I, I remember Murray when he had the, well, I don't remember Murray himself, but I remember reading about him when he had the first of his uh, FH12s when it was, you know, he was doing the removal of Scranton bookies like that back in the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. I remember reading about him back then, so uh, you know, when when I thought it was there was a prospect that might have been him, I was I was quite keen to have a chat to him. So I had a had a look and walked in and I was there having a drink at the bar and I was Jesus is that him or not and I was thinking no that must that must be him so I just walked over and on, on spec and put out the hand so no we, we actually we had a great chat uh, he was he was going to catch a ferry up in uh, in Santander so he didn't have a whole lot of time he was just there passing through but no we had a, we had a great chat anyway and uh, he was filling me in on all the trucks I didn't realise um, that he's had three magnums as well so obviously when he you know I knew he was a Bit of a magnum lover as well. It was another point of conversation. So, yeah, that was, it was just bizarre sometimes how you meet people. It was just the fact, that, you know, <laughs> he, he pulled in there. You know, yeah, he pulled in at the, at the same at the same time. Or you know, I was there at the bar. You know, it all how it all worked. But actually, I had forgotten about that until you until you said it to me. So I just said here, just stand in and, and get a photograph. So. The last time I was on, I just had a. Check back through the. You haven't done a podcast, I think, back since November. 
No, we did. I, I can't remember. I can't remember. There's definitely been a bit of a gap anyway. It was, yeah, I mean, we have yeah, tried, I mean, honestly, Christmas. between trying to line things up between you, Chris, and Matt, and it, it just failed every single time because all of us have been busy with things. And when one person was free, the other one would continually not be free. And you know what? It just it, December was a um, a strange and uh, busy month. So now that we're into January and things, I'm hoping to get uh, well. I can actually reveal on the podcast exclusively the big changes that are happening in trucking driver as well on this episode, which Finally. I'm kind of quiet about. I don't know if you even know about this yet. So no, I don't. I'm waiting okay. <laughs> anxiously to hear. Oh, well, well, after, well, as you may know, I've been in trucking driver and working uh, by myself. I'm the only full-time member of editorial staff on the magazine, which creates um, a number of problems for it. And what we have done is, um, later on this month in January, we are appointing a new editor to trucking driver, so I'm no longer going to be the editor. Oh. Great. Shock news. But I'm not going anywhere, folks. My new job title is going to be editor at large, because we have um, we have brought over somebody who I've known since two thousand and six, and who I've worked uh, alongside closely for many many years until I got the job in trucking driver. The editor of Trucking Magazine, Andy Stewart, is joining Truck and Driver as the editor, which I'm delighted uh, delighted to have him on board. So we've gone from having no resources and only one editor to having two experienced editors on the magazine. And what's really, wow. really, what's really, really good about this is Andy isn't the kind of guy like me who loves to get out and about and drive trucks all the time and everything. He prefers to be more sort of office and desk based in things. So he's going to take on all that part of the magazine and I'm going to be much more, uh, I'm going to be focused on, you know, producing content, planning things forward and getting out and about and driving trucks and things more. So, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. We're going to be working alongside each other. So we've gone from having no resources to literally doubling it. And we're really excited about this. It's going to be such a positive thing for the magazine. We can do so much more stuff now. We can do our bumper issues and everything. And Andy's going to be there to, you know, kind of hold the fort at home while I'm running about everywhere, producing uh, lots of good content and things. And obviously, I'm still here to do the do the podcast, you know, put the help put the magazine together, um, and we can plan forward and really do some. Instead of kind of like working one issue in advance, we can be working five or six issues in advance now and doing a lot of special content around. But that has been brewing away for months now. I had made a suggestion to my boss about it, saying, you know, I want, I want somebody else. I would love to get somebody else in here. And Andy's just been there on his own, kind of working away on trucking, which is like, you know, they the reduced the page count from 100 to 75. They made it smaller and everything. And I'm like, why are you working there on your own? Come over and work with us. We're doing all, we're doing RTX and all the Convoy in the Park series and everything. We're investing in doing we're doing the podcast. We're doing the um, we're doing all these bumper issues and special things next year. Come and work with us, you know. And he, he gave it some thought, and you know, there's a lot of back and forth and discussions and negotiations and everything. And he, yeah, he decided he's he's coming across to us. So like the sort of second issue that we work on in the new year, which is now, um, yeah, I'll be working alongside Andy. So I'm really happy about that. Wasn't expecting to hear you saying that. Now that's that's is that that is big news because Andy's yeah. been with trucking for 
quite yeah, a while. He's been there for a long time, and you know, it really had he, he was comfortable there, and it really had to be the right move for him as well. And um, yeah, we eventually like convinced him and everything that it would be. So it gives us so much more scope to do stuff now. You know, it's hard to get truck drivers. You wouldn't believe how hard it is to get truck journalists as well. You know, people have got experience with magazines and trucks. There's very there's a kind of small pool of us there, and. Um, it was. It just ultimately made sense. I was like, you know, come and work with, come and work with us because we have got some really yeah. exciting things planned and everything. Um, yeah. So I am going to. Well, actually, you and I are going out to Norway with Scania in just a couple of weeks' time, which is really exciting as well. Scania do this special. They do this special winter thing where they get. A whole load of customers, and some, usually journalists will go out to every year. They weren't taking journalists this year, but because I had never been, and because you had never been, Scania UK said, would you like to go? So we're going out with a load of Scania customers to this event in Norway, where it's like, you know, like minus 20, and they've got like 27 different trucks for us all to drive, so we're going to get a whole load of content from that. Uh, not only print content, but video content as well, because now that I'm not having to focus on the magazine the whole time, I can go and put together video things, because I've been working really hard on my own personal YouTube channel, so I've got pretty good at editing things and working out what we need, so that's exciting to go and do that in a couple of weeks, and the week after that, I'm spending the week at our head office in Sutton, where Andy's coming in as well, and we're going to be planning out a load of stuff. The, the magazine design's getting a facelift, because it was 2019 when we redesigned it, so we're not going for a full-over redesign, but we're going to give it a facelift and work out some new features and things to modernise it, and you know, bring it up to spec and, uh, and everything, so exciting times, we're getting really... Uh, a busy time at the start of the year and I'm looking to get out for a week in a truck as well at the end of January as well get myself back out because now that Andy's there any time that I would go out for a week in a truck it would cut a, a week it would cut 25% out of my four week cycle in the magazine which immediately put me under a whole lot of pressure don't need to worry about that anymore I can go out and drive now and you know the emails will still be getting answered the regulars for the mic things will keep ticking over because he because he's there now as well. So yeah, happy days. Oh, yes. Look for words there now. You you'll be like a new man. This is what you were hoping for for such a long but time. You, so yeah, I mean, anybody who's listened to this or known, you know that I've been, you know I've been a bit like ugh, for a, for a while. Like you know, I, I wanted to you know get out and about and make some changes and and things and yeah, not have that like hanging over me the whole time. But oh, it's deadline and I end up sitting till two in the morning. Um, signing the magazine off and putting it together I've always got a crunch at the end having said that I'm going back into a crunch because we've been on holiday for Christmas but that's all That's all right we've got a good couple of issues coming your way but with a bumper issue content as well we can do so much more now and I've got some ideas and plans going forward for this year as well which we will now be able to put into action which we sh- it was never, never really going to happen with me being there on my own so um, aye, exciting, no. exciting times. I'll have to go and uh, get the diary out and see what trucks I can get a hold of. You know, I, I know that Scania, Scania, and Volvo are updating their press fleet as well. But I would really like to get out an MAN TGX, um, which I still haven't driven in anger. Uh, but they've got MAN. I've got some exciting stuff coming up with their new 2024 models, which come out in 2023. They're up in the horsepower by 10 for everything, so your 470 is a 480, your 510 is now a 520, 
and there's quite a lot of um, updates going into the TGX and everything, although it is quite hard to get a hold of them. They always come in in dribs and drabs because of the parts situation in the global supply chain. Uh, but there's exciting stuff coming up with trucks and everything. You can see some big changes from Iveco uh, for the 2024 models as well. I reckon you're going to see a whole new digital dashboard in the, in the, the S-Way. And that goes out for a, a lot of other trucks as well. There's a lot of updates is coming as they move towards Euro 7. Loads of fantastic new diesel is technology, there, you know. <laughs> is there talk talk about DAF bringing out a new engine, possibly coming out with a bit more power? Is there some the, the, about DAF? I, I can't confirm anything one way or the other, but the rumour mill, curiously, is pretty hot with the fact that DAF seem to be doing something in conjunction with Cummins. Well, not DAF, PACAR seem to be doing something in conjunction with Cummins for a larger capacity diesel engine. I've got no proof of that, but that's what I'm hearing. So, you know. I like, I like um, that. It, it sounds, it definitely feeds into the narrative because uh, I've everyone you meet, they're raving about the new DAF and they're... It needs, big, it needs, big cab, but of course the power thing always it, comes into it. So yeah, it, it it relates back to a lot of what they're doing in America as well because the well, the thing is about the MX thirteen engine. If you compare it to the smaller MX eleven, the MX eleven is actually a lot more advanced. It's got twin overhead camshafts in it, uh, um, and you would imagine that the MX thirteen must be due quite a major overhaul to bring it up. So it's more similar like that, similar to what Scania's done with their super range. Of, of engines but, um, but it relates but back you know, to PACAR in America because the MX-13 cannot pull B-doubles over the Rockies it just can't, it's not up to it so everybody buys the Cummins um, signature that the ISX or whatever it's called which goes to 605 yeah. horsepower that's not yeah. a particularly new engine so it looks like PACAR and Cummins are working together as I say I've got no proof of it but they are going to come out with a new diesel engine which is a larger capacity and that would mean that Packard would then have their own branded engine so they're vertically integrated and you know that engine you would imagine would appear in the European DAF XF um, the XF I mean they don't need 750 or 770 horsepower either 600 and a bit would do it you know that's all that anybody needs you know get well, up towards like 3000 newton meters of torque job done it's interesting you say that because I think in Ireland maybe the UK as well Especially in Ireland, the, the, the power thing that the guys are opting for in trucks, like it's all, it's all, it's a lot of big power trucks in comparison, like to, like we're only a tiny market in comparison to like Germany and Spain. But I'll just give an example at this truck stop that I'm at here now. On one side of me, I've got a TGX 18440. The other side of me, I've got a, an Actros, I'm pretty sure it's an 1845. Looking straight ahead, there's an 1841. There's a guy after coming in here now. With a load of pigs, he's got four decks of pigs on. He's got a next gen Scania, and that's not a V8, that's a probably 500. Which mm-hmm. you will see in Spain, um, which where there are a lot of hills, they don't, they don't really have uh, in, in general, like okay, you'll have a few high horsepower trucks, but in general, they don't go for you know big horsepower, big yeah. horsepower trucks. So, there is know, a definitely there's a trend to well over to spec the power. Oh. high and trucks some of it's to do with residuals some of it's to do with driver attraction as well because you find yeah. the places as well that 450s driver you know people are specking 500s even though they don't 500s well if you're going for the DAF pretty much everybody's specking the 530 you know 
And it's because of like driver retention and things as well, because people will get a, their face tripping them if they've got a four fifty in some cases. It's um, it's cu- it's yeah. curious the way that that's worked out. You see so many five forty Volvos now. You even see it with eight wheeler trucks in the UK. You know, running at thirty two tons, five forties. <laughs> so, that's right. I'm I'm in a I'm in a neck in a six fifty here, and definitely it's the it's probably the the odd one out in terms of what else is uh, you, what else is here. There was a Turkish truck over there, and I can just about see uh, a T. The next probably most powerful truck is a TGX 510. That's a Spanish truck. It's actually not really overly overly mm-hmm. busy here, but um, it's. Uh, I, w- I was just thinking of you when when we said we were going to do a podcast, and I was just going to give you a description of of where I was where I was parked up, just in, in comparison to maybe yeah. some of the you know parking facilities, maybe that. Um, people might be experiencing in the UK but this is a uh, I've parked here before and I actually drove about 16 minutes on my way just to just to get here because uh, it was it was so good the last time so it's just off the well, it's just off the motorway you've got a filling station with a supermarket at, a supermarket at, at it so I always seem to forget uh, to bring window cleaner with me we can go in there so I bought window mm-hmm. cleaner there that was oh, that was uh, 1 euro 1 euro 15 so you've got that right. there there's everything everything you could imagine in that supermarket there's beer it's everything it's all you know good good stuff and then there's I have a choice of two restaurants here there's one that I'm probably going to go to now as soon as I hang up and you probably go in there menu of the day of four courses for uh probably 12 maybe 14 oh, euros okay. if you if you go for something fancy yeah it's probably okay. the best it is no it is the best country uh in in Europe in terms of for a truck driver mm-hmm. you, you can get anything you want here um, and and for you know uh, and good oh. value as well just going back to um just before we move on you're going back to the norwegian scania winter tour yes i think there's a there's a list of obviously it'll be all types of trucks but um i reckon you'll probably be the first one you'll be you, fighting people to get in and drive the electric truck at the top of the queue I'd say will you oh no doubt I am sure everybody, everybody's so excited about the goal coming electrical revolution the <laughs> thing is with truck manufacturers just now any time if you're doing any press events and all that it's electric 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 but the thing with electric is it's only going to be used for distribution stuff it's not going to be used for full weight long haul artics because it's never going to work I mean, did you see all the did you see all the pictures on social media over the holidays of all the Teslas queuing up to get charged and all the problems people had because we had a horrendous cold snap in December and everybody who had an electric vehicle found that the range fell off a cliff. You couldn't get anywhere and don't turn the heaters on because that completely annihilates the range as well. And these cars were having to queue up for ages to get charged and everything. Can you imagine that out in the road where you've got a long line of Arctics trying to get in somewhere to go and charge the bloody things during the day? It's all very well saying, you know, oh, they'll get charged at night and this and that, but they're not. there's too many variables with how much the range can fall off and that. It's not the right... Not the right solution, but yeah, Scania do have electric trucks there. I mean, I have driven one once, which is a Volvo, uh, and it, you know it's all right. They're very quiet and they're torquey and they move straight off, straight off the bat, and it, because the power's just there like immediately and everything. But you know, there's a limit to what you can do with it as well, because you're limited to what the traction can do with the tires. 
as well. You know, you know what it's like with modern trucks as it is with the torque on them when you're empty. You get a new, even like a, just a normal, like a 480 or a 500, it's got that much torque from 900 RPM. You've got to be easier on the throttle because it just wants to That's spin right. the wheels. It's all, yeah. you know, it's all exciting when you've got an electric truck and you're like, woo, look, 3,500 newton metres from like standstill. Yeah, but it can't put that onto the road. You know, it's going to be all the electric electronic trickery is going to be like holding it, holding it back. But yeah, I'll go and drive the electric. I'll go and drive the electric truck. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it'll be it'll be a bit different. I mean, there's it's good that there's customers there. So we're speaking to transport people at it as well. When there's a whole squad of journalists as well, you know, I mean, a lot of truck journalists can't drive them very well because they don't drive them for a living. You know, they only get to drive them at these events and things, and you can see some pretty sketchy driving. <laughs> so it'll be good to be out with a load of customers as well. It's uh, looking for looking forward. I'm looking to forward to that as well. Yeah. Today. Well, it'll be it's on um, it's near a ski resort, so by that I'm presuming there'd be there should be plenty of snow there. So. That'll oh, well, be uh, something yeah. interesting. Yeah, that'll be good. How about you? Are you? Uh, I'm flying. I'm just flying out of Heathrow. I'm going to drive down in the car, probably the, <clears throat> probably the day before. So I'm there, and I can go into the office in Sutton or whatever if I need to. So I'm relatively nearby. Are you going to like fly into Heathrow? Probably fly First, out to Heathrow. Uh, I'd say, Dougie. Yeah, and we'll meet you there. Aye, that's meet, that's meet, what I that's what there. I thought. Wait, you're going somewhere right after that. You're away somewhere. Um. Are you planning a trip uh, or something like that? Is that something well, for yourself? Well, not, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing kind of set set in stone at the moment. Uh, but maybe I'll, I'll just going to wait and see. Yeah, there's. I'll probably go back and do a little bit more driving, and uh, let's see after that. Then what I'm what I'm going to do? Maybe just maybe do something a little bit different next year for for a couple of months. So I'll, I'll keep you posted anyway. Maybe right. something a bit something a bit more interesting for uh, for for team truck and driver. Alright. So Absolutely. um that'll be good. Yeah, that's that's it. No, I think it was it was two yeah, it's two months since since I was on with you, so that was <clears throat> Yeah, I mean the, the It's the been time all driving since then. Yeah. The time flies by like I mean I did a fair bit I mean I did I did do that trip to France as well with a car and a trailer where I got a free cavalier that was in Chantigny in France. So I took my Vauxhall Omega, hooked it up to a trailer and I did Chantigny and back. The video's on YouTube. Go and check it out. Once Driver Smitten, just plug it there. Um, I did 1,817 miles in 49 hours <laughs> in the Omega. Good man. Uh, d- yeah, that was... I mean, you couldn't do that on a tachograph card anyway. It was a 20-hour shift on the way down and a 25-hour shift on the way back up, including getting the car. Tell you what, though. See those French auto routes? They are a delight to drive on. They're expensive to drive on, but there's not a single pothole yeah. on them and there's no traffic at night. Oh. As soon as we got no. back in the UK, the M20 was <clears> shut and went to a 20-mile diversion. Then the A1M was shut on the way back up the road. The auto route was delightful. How can the roads be so good there <clears throat> and so horrendous and overcrowded well, and constantly shut look, in the UK? It's a joke. You can see you can see the appeal for yeah, you know, absolutely. truck drivers. Like what I'm talking about, the difference between getting off a boat in Cherbourg and just driving the length of France as opposed to getting off in you know, Fishguard or Hollyhead and having to... Having to deal with all of that down down along, but then again, they 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 are charging quite a premium for those for those motorways, and I presume you know. But as a truck driver, you pull in then, and and uh, you're getting you know high services are pretty good quality, you know, always good quality. If if you know parking is obviously getting to be a bit of an issue now, but in general, you know, you'll always get parked, and there's good showers, um, good showers and toilets, facilities, all that kind of thing, and like that, France is it is a lovely country to to drive through. Apart from the French motors, of course, but that's another oh, issue. 
No, there wasn't. There <laughs> wasn't no, too the many. The network itself. <laughs> the network itself. Yeah, it's for some reason they seem to this uh, truck that I'm in now. Apart from all the inbuilt Scania uh, spotlights, there's actually a bar on the roof with three of these, you know, these kind of long laser type lights. And the only benefit really that there is for them is for French people that won't dim their lights at night time. I just love just giving <laughs> them a bit of an extra extra vision there. I hope some dimming, of that. But, uh, <laughs> have some of that. Yeah, I don't know why. And then you get into Spain, and everyone—you never have that problem. Everyone just kind of, oh, you know, dim, just a bit a bit more consideration. But no, it is—it is a really, it is a really solid, good motorway network to drive through. So, um, no, definitely, sp I probably spend more time driving through France than uh, than anywhere else because that's kind of a, uh, you know, if you go to Spain, you're driving through France. You're going to Italy, the same thing. Yeah. I was curious. I went into the services to fuel the car up at night. And there was like truck parking there, but it was by no means full. There were a few trucks dotted about the place and that. And you're like, in the UK, that would have been absolutely stowed out. When I went into the services, what one was it? It was on the M11. I went into the services there. And there were trucks everywhere, yeah. parked up all the way on the access road going in, all the way on the access road going out. Because the truck That's parking true. area itself was absolutely stowed out. And there were people in there trying to do changeovers. And it's just absolutely crammed out because there's nowhere near enough truck parking or anything and of course the, the government uh, made some statements about it towards the end of the pandemic lockdown stuff that they were going to do this and that and of course they've done nothing as you would expect probably it's only getting worse poss possibly have bigger problems than that now I'd say um, with all the strikes and different things going on but oh, it's a, anyway there's plenty of striking <laughs> plenty of that <laughs> we'll keep it, away, keep it away from the keep it away from the the politics have we any more truck related news i think we've covered uh, a fair yes, raft I, I, of it there now no I, uh, no I don't think i don't think so i was going to ask you what you were driving there and you kind of covered that i've not driven anything apart from doing car based um adventures and things as, as well picking scrap cavaliers up and, and things over the past couple of weeks I, t oh, I tell you what was interesting oh. coming up the road I, the, the car set at 59 miles an hour on the road angel and the cruise control that's when i wanted to sit comfortably with the trailer on and there yes. was at one point where i got a fright because I, a certain mercedes actros one the 630 horsepower one uh, with the mirror cams and I've got a new one, came past me like I was going backwards. That was Good. the only... There were two Where trucks... Was that in France? No, no, that was in the UK. In fact, I know exactly whose truck it is. It's somebody I know. And I actually right. got... I got it on Delighted video. to hear that. I got it on video as well. <laughs> and I was like, I can't... Well, I can't put it in the YouTube video. I was like... Yeah, it was like it was like in duel where the guy gets like buzzed by the old Peterbilt tanker and all that and gets a fright. I was like, what the hell was that? Well, and you've narrowed you've narrowed narrowed it down a fair bit now by saying it's uh, oh no, well that'll, that'll give people one. that'll give people just enough to wonder who it was or that. Yeah, Some people might not. Yeah, a, a six thirty. I, I, honestly, that that was going faster than a National Express bus. I was a gun son, get in. But on the other hand, you don't want to be passing people like that all night. You want to be going past people a bit more gently. Because you'll, end, nice, up get, you'll exactly, end up getting yeah. dogged well, in for that. There's a nice speed, I think 92, yeah, a, a strong 92, bordering on 93 kilometres an hour. Mm -hmm. That's just a nice speed. And sometimes, then, even if I, if I am doing it, if I'm in, if, sometimes you actually just get sick of passing people. So if you get out by a few trucks, I'll just knock it back to 90 once there's no one yeah. catching me. Because so, I've just, you just get bored of passing people. And then you have that little bit in the accelerator to get out by. But interesting, this truck that I'm doing now is just doing whatever, bare factory 90. But the one I had before this, was doing 93 so when i started driving this one down the motorway through um 
the France I just found out was it was a bit weird oh. kind of getting getting passed by people when you're when you're used to passing everyone. But uh, in Spain, there's always there's always a good few Spaniards now that are tipping on nicely. There was a guy passed me out in lovely uh, lovely version three silver version three there now today Lambre fridge mm -hmm. tipping on nicely. But that's that's the Spaniards have uh, have that in their kind of in their repertoire to be doing doing a nice uh, speed. But look I at I think nineties yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, if you, I'm happy if I've got a truck that actually does 56 and they never bloody do because I'm always getting these demos and they're always under calibrated for the factory with the brand new tyres on. They're always doing 55. So when the tyres wear down, that'll be doing 54, which is the worst speed because 54, you're going to be constantly spending ages crawling past people and it's tiresome. But when you explain to somebody who doesn't drive trucks or doesn't know, they're like, what difference would like that make with like three kilometres an hour make? And I'm like, oh God, it's, it makes the world of difference. I can't, yeah, until you've experienced it, it, it you, you, cannot, you, you cannot begin to appreciate the difference going that little bit faster makes. Uh, there was one other truck when I was in the car. He was doing 59 as well. And uh, I was doing 59, and he kept getting a roll on down the hills past me because he was eco rolling and getting a roll on. So, and then he would lose it on the hills. I overtook him like three times, and this was getting a bit silly going back and forth. I think he was quite into it because it was livening up his um, his long boring drive up the one M at three o'clock in the morning. And eventually, I was like, ah, I was like, nah, I can't be bored with this. I just backed it down to fifty six and let him go because I'm in a car with a trailer on, and when he's rushing past me, it's gonna rock in me from side to side and everything. And I'm like right in the weight limit for that car. So, but he was doing a good. That was the only other really sort of quick one. He was doing. He was doing 59. That was a tanker. Um, yeah, that's actually on the video. I don't know if you can see who it is, but, you know, that's that's like within... 59 is about the absolute maximum of what you can get out something uh, realistically without um, foul play being called, I think. The other one, I was like, wow, if you get 80 series tyres on a 70 series calibration there, bud. <laughs> you get the nice, get the nice bit of a clip on there, for sure. <laughs> but I, I'm I, this this um this restaurant with the Estrella sign in front of it and menu Del Dia is calling me so absolutely I that's be my, yes my that's, next um, protocol. I will let you crack on uh, and uh, get get your dinner and everything like that and I shall catch up with you very soon. We shall do a podcast from Norway with Jared there as well from Scania. So I'll bring the. I'll bring some of the kit out with me in my suitcase and all that, and we can do that, which is only less than two weeks ago away now, so we don't have long to wait before we catch up for another episode from Paul. And I do believe I'm speaking to Matt later in the week as well, so the podcast is back on a consistent footing going forward into 2023. And as I say, I just announced that exciting news on here tonight as well. You are the very first people to hear that, folks. That's not in social media. It's not been in the magazine everywhere. It's only on the podcast. So thank you very much, Paul, and I shall catch up with you again soon. No problem, Dougie. Pleasure. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Yeah. Chat you soon. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month.